Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is January 17th. You're listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And today is all about the AI news. So that is what we're going to be focusing on. We got a small crew today. We got Beth, Carl coming in right under the wire. I'm Brian. And uh, yeah, today is all about, you know, sort of the AI news. Every Wednesday, we talk about the news, what happened in the last basically seven days. Um, and, you know, things are changing every week. So there was a little bit of a like, you know, as you would expect over the holidays, a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a a little bit of a slowdown. But it, it, it seems like we're off to the races already in uh, 2024 and things have, have picked up pace once again. And I don't I don't really see it slowing down for the rest of 2024. So a um, couple of different things to talk about. I think maybe like let's let's hit maybe the biggest one first, if you will. And the biggest one I saw, you guys may disagree, was the announcement about Microsoft's Copilot and you know what that means. Oh, cool. We got Robert too. Fantastic. Robert's here. All right. Um, hey, Robert, we're just getting going. So I was saying that the first news story that um, I think I, I felt like in the last seven days was the biggest announcement would be the Microsoft Copilot. Um, read through it. The thing is, I, I personally, so I'm, I'm looking to you guys on this. I personally don't use um, Microsoft products at my current company we use like all the google suite and that's already had some ai built into it at my last company we were heavily involved with like microsoft 365 and i think this would have been you know a massive a massive deal but i'm curious to you guys are you guys currently using any of like the the microsoft products do you see this is this currently helping you like with excel powerpoint these kind of things so um can you hear me my mic working yep. yeah mm -hmm. oh, shameless plug my wife's a bookkeeper um, as well as a CPA and we have, she's got a side business that does bookkeeping. Anyway, long story short, uh, she uses the Microsoft 365 suite, which allows me to have access to it. So I've asked, asked her today, could you go ahead and sign up for that? Cause I need, I need to try it out. It's a work expense, right? So, yeah. um, I haven't quite be able to try it out, but I'm, I'm just like you, Brian, I, I, I'm not going to be able to offer much more than what you just said, because I really use the Google suite. I, I used to never use Google. And now I'm like, it's so easy because it's the cloud based. It's like, uh, and so uh, I'm going to force myself and maybe we can do an update call on this. But um, I am equally curious as to how co-piloty it really is. But there was a post by Ethan Mullock on this topic, if anybody read it. And he was like, um, hello, you're, you're getting rid of jobs. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the, the process that he went through to basically uh use the co-pilot functionalities are things you would have asked a team to do and it's like he was he was pretty blunt about it i was like oh this is this is uh pretty important but anyway what are everybody else's thoughts um i also don't use microsoft products and i'm laughing because i now i'm wondering are early adopters of ai like a group of people who are are not super microsofty um but carl and i had this conversation yesterday um microsoft has such deep inroads to like general business people that mm, uh, that I think it's important as someone who's interested in AI to be able to speak to this fluently. So even though I'm not a user of Microsoft stuff that is on my like checklist to, to um, maybe in another week or two to uh, to spend the 50 bucks, which would get me the suite and the co-pilot and just play with it. But I've already um, had a conversation with someone about like, can you explain Microsoft co-pilot to me? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so 
that means many things. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just let's just talk about what you're asking about and why you're asking the question. And it, it's tricky too, right? Because we've seen this. I mean, Microsoft is probably the worst offender of this, the renaming of things. So Bing, Bing image creators now called designer, I think it said in this article, this Verge article. And okay, so if somebody just randomly asked me about, do you use designer? I'd be like, no. And then they'd be like, oh, it used to be called Bing image creator. I did that research to find out. I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I've done that. So I think they're, it's moving so fast and they're renaming the few things they already had out there. Copilot's been out, by the way, uh, for several months. It was just at the business level. And now it's 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 trickled down to like the more individual level. Right. I'll say this. This this could be huge for AI literacy and adoption because because although maybe several of us aren't necessarily like what Microsoft would call a power user, I used to work with people in the business intelligence side all yeah. the time because of the BI tools and stuff that they have inside of Microsoft. And I, I dealt and talked to power users all the time. So I actually think this is massive because this is bringing AI to a suite of tools as an assistant that, you know, millions of, I don't know what the number is, uh, use this product day in and day out. They have been embedded you know, think of, I don't want to just pick on governments, but, but think of any like legacy companies where they have been using like a 365 or Excel forever. They are not switching over to Google Sheets anytime soon. It would be a right. massive untangling of problems and, and, and codes yeah. and, and um, scripts that they've written, all this stuff. They're not doing it. They're sticking with Microsoft Excel. So you right. have all these, you have the, all these end users who maybe haven't touched chat gpt maybe they've messed with bing a little bit and then all of a sudden it's like hey by the way you have all these amazing ai tools now that you can use it you know for powerpoint to help you start a powerpoint you know what a blank sheet to help you get started with your writing um in your outlook emails um cross functionality between that it's it it's a big deal i'll say that it's a big deal even though i don't i'm not touching it myself and i'll be interested robert or beth and carl i don't know are you do you use any microsoft products at all uh, no, it's just so funny because last year we moved everything to Google and <clears throat> currently for our AI business, we're like on Google as well. But I think for us, we are going to purchase the Office 365. Okay. Not off, sorry, not Office 365, the co-pilot, mm -hmm. which the reason why is because I've already gotten asked a couple times, hey, could you help with co-pilot for Microsoft? And I was like... Mm -hmm. I mean, Bing. It's like, no, no, no. We have it, not Office 365, but we have like Azure and stuff like that. And then yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to buy it more so to learn it and to apply it because I, I have a feeling a lot of clients, especially in the target audience that we're looking at, that's what we're. That is the the suite, and but, which is interesting too. Because it's rolled out just like. Copilot 365, just like Duet, I don't, I'm kind of skeptical there's an actual implementation or education mm -hmm. portion of it. I feel like, hey, it's here. You can do this, this, this. Here's a couple slick videos. Yeah. That's it. Go, go, to, <laughs> go to town, right? Which I think like, hey, for people to use it, one, they need to know it's there. And two, they actually have to understand how to use it beyond just write me an email. Like, yep. 
can do that. But there has to be something that and then that back. that that's where I, I did a post on LinkedIn exactly that point, uh, Carl. That this is there's a huge canyon of what do you call it knowledge deficit, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. there yeah, it's great. You have this great tool. And all these people have access to it, or a company might buy it for your employees. They have no idea how to maximize. It's like if you took, I use this analogy all the time. I'm old enough to remember, maybe Brian is as well, uh, an accountant in the team when I first started at a company, he used the green sheets. He was like, you know, 60 years old, he didn't use Excel. Yeah. He was a comptroller and he was like doing it on paper. And every month that was the financials were done on paper. Can you imagine? Okay, no more of that, man. Here's Excel. And he'd be like, what like he would it'd be absolutely a canyon there yeah so now you're giving them this co-pilot and they don't realize how to use it so that's why their training is going to be absolutely crucial that's why companies need to invest in it and there's going to be people like us that go to companies and train them um but another point i want to piggyback off of beth's is uh not really her point but she made me think you know bing they did a play right a year ago hey everybody download microsoft edge and and we'll force you to use this in order to get access to Bing, in order to force you to access to, to uh, GPT. This yeah. is another one of those. It's like, hey, you sign up for Microsoft 360, but you're going to get Copilot. So you're all of us just basically said, yeah, we might sign up for it so we can get access to it. And but obviously, we're just trying to, to, to play with it. But isn't that funny? That's a, that's a huge market share play. Yeah. But you right. know what, what's interesting, too, is like, okay, <clears throat> when when any of us use any Google products, Excel um, or Microsoft products. It's not like you know all the features of Excel or Google Sheets. No, no you no. don't. There's very yeah. specific use like cases. 20% maybe. You're using 20% of its functionality. Yeah. Of course. But yeah. Maybe. Like one person in the organization is like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. It's like it's yeah. always been there, but you just didn't know. Yeah, you yeah. Could. So I'm, I'm worried that you put this play and it will become kind of like it's there. People use 20% of it, but it's just part of the suite of tools. And you're like, oh, okay, fine. I can write. Yeah, another I app. Yeah, yeah, yeah another can, functionality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can write my email for me. Cool. Yeah. Well, and, and here, a couple things here. I'm sorry, Beth. Go ahead. And then we'll, yeah, go ahead. Just a just a, um, a related point. Microsoft also came out and said, oh, by the way, while you've been able to use GPT-4 for free with the free yeah. co-pilot, uh, now that's only going to happen in off hours, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, if you really want the GPT-4 functionality now, really you should be doing the $20 a month so yeah. that you and can And by the way, it's turbo, GPT-4 turbo. Yeah. So, oh, which is it's supposed to be even even a better like, and it says in better performance in peak hours. So, kind of the whole thing. One thing I want to mention because we just haven't said it yet is that one of the things they said was like, oh, there's also going to be a Copilot GPT builder. Sounds very similar to what's inside of yes. uh, ChatGPT. So that will be interesting, especially if it's cross uh, not cross platform but cross app functionality. So if I can mm. inside this, I don't know if you can or not, but inside this, if I can create a custom GPT for my team, that kind of does what we would see through a zap sending something to Slack. But in their case, it's, hey, I know we do this all the time. This mm. stuff comes from this transcript and goes into this document, kind of like a respell thing. And it's always going to land in teams on this channel or whatever. And I can build a co-pilot custom GPT that yeah. essentially just works as a automation tool internally. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That's I, yeah, I would say I, a lot I, of value. I will that. say though that that and, and that's kind of their angle, and that's what they're hoping for. And that's 
they're, they're trying to pull people into their ecosystem. But as yeah. you know, every one of us, we bounce around. We bounce around with Microsoft products to Google products. We're agnostic yeah. to all of them. And a lot of organizations, they're also the same way. They, they might use a Slack or something that's not related to the Microsoft ecosystem. And so you're going to lose that data set. Like if you say, uh, scour my my database or my my uh, SharePoint drive for Excel SharePoint. documents, PowerPoint documents, Word documents, and emails and uh -huh. messages from teams. That's brilliant, right? And provide me with a, a synopsis or an update on this project that we're working on. Oh, we forgot that one of our team members does all their work over here in Google. Now you lost that. As a, yeah. as a metric or a data set. So right. I think that it, it could be ways to consolidate that also, but the reality is most companies are already embedded in that ecosystem, their, their agnostic piece. So anyway, I think we should go into more news. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, let's, let's, I think this is a great topic, by the way, Copilot in general is its own yeah, show, sure. but like, it's, yeah. it's good to know that all three of you guys are probably going to dip your toe into it from different angles. So mm. this will be great. And, and probably, it'll probably be a couple of weeks. I don't think it's gonna be anything next week, but I love that we're gonna come back to this and, and get some like boots on the ground type uh reactions to copilot I, I think it's got a lot of potential and i think it's going to do a lot for ai literacy because like my wife who works for government i mean sharepoint she has to deal with it's like cold chills go down your back when you say sharepoint she has know, to deal right? with sharepoint every every single day of her life whether she wants to or not and it's not going anywhere the you know the, the, the department of health in florida is going to be sharepoint for the next 20 years no doubt right. you know so Tools like this could actually bring where she's sort of beating against and saying, hey, there's these really cool AI tools and the people above her are saying, ain't no way, no chance, this ain't coming in or whatever. This may actually be the door. This could be the Trojan horse in for users, power users who are looking to use AI tools to get in. Okay, I know we can keep talking about this. New news. Um, I don't know. Who wants to go? Who's got a new I story? just have a quick follow-up to last year's news, uh, to last week's news. Jesus, yeah. what is time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> last week's news was, ooh, the Rabbit R1. Is that a great idea or is that a really stupid idea? Um, that's still out. Hey, but hey. they sold 40,000 units in four days. They sold out. They sold out of them. They, so, yeah. so uh, whether it's a great idea or a stupid idea, it is a lucrative idea. So really. Well, hold on. 40,000 suckers. Who bought four? There's like, it isn't 40. bought four. Right? So if people bought. Maybe, I, I've um, seen, uh, Tyler bought three. Tyler, Tyler bought did, three. yeah. So like, I was like, it isn't 40,000 people. It's like 40,000 units. So I'm like. And yeah. people were buying multiple of them, which yes. I was like, that's very, I am still kind of, I was like, I'm, I'm like, if this pops, maybe version two, just like, just like vision, but that's in the news too. But like, I was like, I'm just going to keep my eye on that because it'll be interesting. But then I saw the person do it on their phone who cloned it on their phone. I'm like, oh, basically, not, uh, hold on. <laughs> hold well, Beth, you had a good point in this and I will we'll just as it will go on the new news, but you, you, you put something in our internal slide channel and you're like, oh yeah, by the way, this isn't for us, meaning our, it may be our generation. I don't know all our ages, but I'm 45. So like, clearly I looked at it and I was like dumb as hell. Right. And, but to your point, and I admit this too, not, not probably made for me, not, not yeah. for my demographic, you know, um, uh, I, I'm in it. I'm it's not for 45 year olds. I mean, that's okay too. Right. Like it's a different technology has a different aesthetic you know, I never really understood Minecraft and things like that because I was like, why would we go backwards in graphics? That makes no sense to me. 
clearly, <laughs> if somebody had told me to invest in Minecraft or whoever makes Minecraft, I would have missed out on a huge opportunity. So basically, what he's saying is, don't listen to Brian. He doesn't know how. He's not a futurist. He doesn't see the future. No, I, I, I yeah, do. but a lot of ways, probably so. And we'll see. I cannot wait to have follow up conversations about the R one and whether whether once it gets in hands. Oh my god, I can't wait to have that that show. But until then, we're we're all speculating. Sure. Yeah, um, cool. I uh, do have. You can be honest. Yeah, okay, yeah. So um, I have a couple of articles that I came across my desk today. I think would be worth uh, sharing uh, visually, so people can uh, take a look. Those who are watching, obviously. Um, so the first one being um, ChatGPT. Um, let me look at. Oh gosh. Okay, I'll just do this. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Google Ad. Uh, this came across the information today, which I thought was very telling. Google Ad Sales Unit to cut hundreds of jobs. I know hundreds and a 30,000-person ad sales team is not that much, but what does it tell you? It says, comes as Google is relying, if I can highlight this, on more machine learning techniques to help customers buy even more ads on its search engine. These tools don't require much employee attention. They carry relatively few expenses. So the ad revenue carries... High profit margin, it says a Google spokesman. So what are they saying? They're saying AI is making uh, it easier for us to roll out products that don't require a human uh, to help sell, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Just to follow up on that, Robert, yeah. the, um, my brother was working for a media ad agency for like like two or three years. And since he, when he started till he ended, <clears throat> the, the, he saw a big shift the last year and a half where it's mostly like the ad platform was mostly AI driven. He's like, right. the AI was so much better than even yeah. like us manual. And so he's like, I didn't even need to talk to anybody. And whenever a Google rep tried to talk to them, they're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. The AI can do <laughs> very similar to car dealerships, right? I know more than the, than the car dealer salesperson yeah. when I walk in there. Same thing here, right? Because yeah. there's so much e access out there. So that was um, just real quick, just real quick on that. Then the Google ads yeah. thing, like I, I ran Facebook ads in 2015. I was running it for myself and other companies and Holy moly, was it complex? And but I am no doubt in my mind that AI could absolutely run circles around what I was able to do. Just th the idea of standing up 20 different ads at once, which is the way you sort of bulk upload yep. and they're A B split tested, that mm -hmm. can be done by algorithms nowadays. Yeah, and sure. it pulls them yeah. down the second it knows that's not the winner, which is going to save the company much more money. Yep. It it's crazy. Right. So, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Go ahead, Robert. So the next one that came across today was stable diffusion or stable stability AI, I should say, is uh, has released a new language model. Um, haven't been able to get too much on it because I just got it this morning, but it supposedly can operate offline without a mm -hmm. GPU. That's that's pretty impressive. So it's a, a stable code three billion um, is what it's called. Accurate responsive code completion. So I think that's pretty interesting, worth worth considering uh to get another language model. Um, so you can take a look at this article on that. Uh, this is interesting. OpenAI announces a team to build crowdsourced governance ideas. And uh Ben's bites, if anybody follows that, he actually um or he or they did a summary of each one of those 10 different uh departments. Um, that's not it, darn it. Uh oh, that's the wrong article. But he, he, there, so there's 10 different departments and give me a second and I'll click on the link again. Um, yeah, our summary. 
That's not it. His links are not working. Is this one? That happens sometimes. No, that's not it either. Anyway, so uh, I was reading it this morning, so my bad. <laughs> I can't find so, it now. Never mind. I find that really interesting because because right after the GPT store came out, OpenAI had an Ask Me Anything on their Discord. And it was two people who were part of the GPT and you got to ask lots of questions. You didn't get to ask questions about like how they ranked things because they didn't answer any of those. None of those showed up in the actual thing. But they did say, if you have ideas for us, put them here. We do actually read. So they are crowdsourcing off people just making comments in uh, in their forums. And that's that's very cool that they're like formalizing that in some kind of way. I like that. OK, I found it, by the way. <laughs> um, and of course, it's not loading. Dang, damn it! <laughs> here it is. Okay, so, so hey, here, hey, here, here are the, the ten departments. Uh, it's really they're really interesting what they call them. I can't I can't quite understand what why these particular categories. Um, and so the point they're trying to do is they're creating teams supposedly to basically bring in public uh, uh, thoughts or in, input, public opinion. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean. Democratic fine tuning, value elicitation for model tuning. What does that mean? And so it's like a hard, hard for me to get my mind around what these different teams are designed to do and how they're interface with the public. But it's another play at OpenAI, you know, trying to shift public opinion and governance and that kind of thing. Which you know, duh. <laughs> so for people listening to us, uh, can you just pull it up and we'll just like quickly. Oh, Sure, sure. Sorry, I was didn't want to dominate too much of the news. Um, there it is again. Okay, so the ten teams are case law for AI policy, uh, collective <laughs> dialogues, deliberation at scale, democratic fine tuning, energize AI, generative social choice, inclusive AI, which. This is that their definition of that is decentralized decision making for underserved groups, uh, making AI transparent for Rappler. I don't even know what Rappler is. What is Rappler? Offline online discussion linkage. I don't know what that means. So Ubuntu AI and then the Taiwan and Chatham House, which I know Chatham House is a is a term for a type of dialogue. Is that correct? It's a it's a it's a it framework. Recursive participatory process, so I would think yeah, so. Yeah, it's some kind of uh, term that they use for uh, dialogue. Anyway, so those are the different groups, the teams. <laughs> hey, I want to call it, uh, before we jump onto another thing, Anne joined in. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Anne. Thank you, as always. Thank you, as always. And uh, she said, I'm late to the party. Uh, are we talking about ChatGPT teams? No, but if you go listen to our show yet, uh, Monday, today's yeah. Monday, <laughs> Monday we, we dove into ChatGPT teams uh, even more and talked about what we currently know and all that good stuff. So that was, we talked about it last week, but then we also brought it back on Monday. Um, okay, uh, let's see, what other what other topics have we do, got about? Oh, 10 more minutes here, so what, what else we got? I do have one, The and I'll share the, the link with that in the, uh, where would I share that link? I'll share it in the in the actual show, but it's the episode six, uh, Bill Gates. I forgot what it's called. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's with Sam Altman, and they talked about a lot of different things. But I think for this audience, it's really about <clears throat> the progress and potential of AI, 
where he said in the next two years, there's things like multimodality, uh, improvements in reasoning, significance of customizability, personalization, uh, AI in society. And I think like if, for those who really, really, the, the most interesting thing that people try to pull out of is like, oh, GPT-5, which I, they never talked about dates. They never talked about their that, but like over the next two years, which we're, I'm assuming, and then they also talked about AGI. So the assumption that everybody's making is that GPT-5 is coming, he said soonish. So mm -hmm. within, I don't know, this year sometime, but probably in the at least in the next two years, there will be a GPT-5 and <clears throat> the improvements, multimodality, and especially the reasoning capability of that will be significantly improved. So though it's a, it definitely worth uh, a listen to. Yeah, and on that note, uh, he's been making the rounds. He even, uh, I actually caught it on YouTube yesterday. It was suggested to me. He did about a 35-minute interview. It was both him and I don't know oh, her name, right. unfortunately, but it was on Bloomberg. Anna Makanju? You, yes. um, on top of that, which I'll post too in the notes, is a lot of AI conversations is currently at the World Economic Forum. Right, so they're in are, Davos. Yeah, so that's that's where he was. Conversation. Yeah. So definitely worth having a you know just going to youtube and it'll be all there yeah that 35 minute uh interview from bloomberg was was really good they covered a lot he the, the interviewer yes. i don't know who he was but he covered a lot of different topics um one of which and it's sort of a news story but kind of you know an ongoing 2024 is obviously in the states at least there's going to be just a lot of conversations about um, the upcoming elections. And while I have no intent to, to get into politics on this show, um, it, it's obviously a very real thing. There's, there's a lot of, you know, concerns there. I mean, AI is, is much more powerful in the mainstream than it was in 2016 or, uh, 2020. So cause certainly 2016 and obviously 2020 as well. And, and so this is a very real thing. And so there was a lot of questions to Sam about this, you know, what is AI, what is OpenAI doing about it? And I think his answer was basically like, it would be scary if I said I wasn't concerned about it or I weren't thinking about this a lot, you know? And so he got into that. I'll let people go and, and watch the interview because it was just a good interview. But certainly in the news and we'll continue, it's not like a this last seven days news. It's only going to continue to be more and more in the news over the next several months as we, as we gear up towards elections. So, you know, definitely something to keep a watch on. And if not for like what your political affiliations are, whether you're even in the States listening to this, but more like, what are these companies planning on doing? Um, you know, OpenAI wasn't really somebody anybody was talking about in the last election. So like, what what are they gonna do? How are they gonna uh, treat this uh, disinformation or misinformation? So that was in the news as well. Um, and will continue to be, you know, certainly not a just this week flash in the pan type thing. So I wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah. Good interview though. So, I, I posted a, a summary of that uh, on the chat for those who wanna see it. Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, Jumi's not here, so I'm going to do the medical one, <laughs> science medical one. Um, Google developed Amy, A-M-I-E, a medical diagnosis AI. Um, mm. and this, um, got 
Uh, Amy is designed to ask intelligent questions, reason through diagnoses, and communicate empathy with patients. And so in a system where you spend less time with doctors, um, being able to both have the ha have something elicit the information in a diagnostic kind of way and then help clarify information, this seems like a positive. I know a bunch of people are already sort of Googling, right? What could my diagnosis mean or what mm. could this mean as a diagnosis? Uh, and this seems to be something with a much more um, uh, trained back end, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it, it is an LLM designed to do this, which is likely better than Google. I am so, so bullish and so excited about AI and healthcare. I talk about this all the time. I think if I was to pick one area, one industry that I am like the most excited that I think Amen. will have the yeah. largest impact on humans, period. It's got to be AI in healthcare. I mean, just yep. holy moly, the amount of lives that I think are going to be saved early, during detection, during treatment, post-treatment, all, all the above. I mean, I, lo I lost my mom at, uh, she was 56, which is crazy to think about these days. Uh, to, to breast cancer and, you know, the millions and millions and millions of other people who have similar stories to that. Um, just to think that perhaps with different treatments, um, especially in cancer, uh, you know, perhaps my mom would still be around in her 70s, you know, and so it's it's very real to a lot of us. But man, am I excited about that. And I just like, I can't like every time I hear a new story like that, Beth, I just got to get so excited. I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. I mean, a lot of it's here already, but it's like, oh man, it's like you just feel like between CRISPR and all these other things. Yeah. Holy cow! Do we really have a a uh, uh, exciting future when it comes to healthcare and treatments and things like that? We should so, do a show on AI and healthcare because I I have lots of opinions about it. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> mostly, my opinions are I don't trust doctors in general. Let's say I, I think that they all. It's 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 a it's a by committee and they don't have all the information all the time. Is so there one doctor over here is it isn't and they don't have all the information they don't use all the information or they're lazy and so i feel like having ai in the mix makes them accountable makes them more knowledgeable makes them better at their jobs just like it's making it better at our jobs and they're less on a pedestal like i think we put doctors too much on a pedestal they just went to school just like you and i did they just have a knowledge base over here that is mm -hmm. easily done through books and training and learning just like anything else anyway my point is i'm with let's you man. I, yeah. I i really yeah, let's agree. do it a show Absolutely. yeah that sounds great um, I know we're, we're sort of out of time here. I'll give one quick rapid fire one because it just leads into tomorrow's show. Um, there's uh, Elon Musk posted a picture of the Optimus, which is their uh, robot, their humanoid looking robot. Um, and it's folding a shirt on its on its face. It's like I mean, it's, a, it's clearly attached to cords. And then Elon said, you know, Optimus cannot yet do this autonomously, but certainly will be able to do this fully autonomously and in its arbitrary environment in parentheses won't require a fixed table with a box that only has one shirt in it, which is what's in the video. But I actually think like, I mean, you may look at this and be like, that's pretty stupid. It's a robot folding a shirt. That, and I don't think that's the use case. What I see in it is the dexterity of the fingers on this robot and how much better it has gotten in a right. short period of time. I mean, the fine motor skills of grabbing and folding a shirt and pinching and all that stuff is something we all, all right, take for granted because right, anybody with two good hands can do it. it. But I, yeah, I, I, love, I love, by the way, the one below it too. Are you talking about the gun, or are you talking about? Was like the first thing I saw was the Terminator. Well, I, I like the guys. Yeah, the, I like the guys' comment five times. August on here, he says first is the shirts, then, and it's from obviously Terminator, <laughs> and it's a robot. The famous scene of the robot in T two, like stepping on human skulls. So yeah.
That's going to come up over and over again with any humanoid robot. Anyway, I just think it's super cool. And it leads into tomorrow's uh, conversation, which is actually about the title of tomorrow's show is uh, introducing or, you know, welcome to your next AI robot, your car. Because right. what Elon said, and I thought it was really interesting, I think Andy brought it up too, is there is a lot of overlap between this robot we see folding chair, folding uh, shirts and Teslas or any put any car into there. And he was just talking about how there's just there, – your car is essentially an AI robot, whether you you choose to see it that way or not. That's definitely the way it's going. So that's tomorrow's conversation. We'll get all into that in the fun, sort of a fun conversation. But just wanted to bring it up because it was in the news. And, uh, you know, Elon's been known for for <laughs> putting uh, some some uh, inflammatory, whatever you want to call it, on uh, X. So, but I, but I like this one. I thought this one was actually pretty cool. All right, fast, fast around here. Anybody else got some like 20 second stories, 30 second stories? We'll do one or two more. Uh, Apple closing a uh, San Diego AI team, yeah. which is Siri, and moving them to uh, Texas. So, yeah, uh, yeah. not sure. Carl and I were talking about this. Yeah, it's just a play to uh, right. Uh, there are there are speculations all around this, and it's the um, Siri team, and it is yes. definitely the yeah. Siri team. There's two of them. The They're Siri combining team, them. Um, right. And and the Siri team is the biggest um, uh, like consumer or the Siri is the biggest consumer AI that gets the most play. Like why is why isn't AI, why isn't Siri as good as ChatGPT voice? Right? Like that's yeah. And let me just be clear. That's a huge PR play. They could have said we're firing these people, but instead we're like, hey, we're moving, and everybody who doesn't want to move, sorry, you're fired. So. Yes. Well, I will just add to that really quick because it was interesting. Whether however anybody falls on this, they have until like April to say yes or no that they're going to move. They also have the opportunity to to, um, to interview for other inner jobs if they don't want to move. If they do decide to leave and they're terminated, they get um, six months of healthcare, uh, six weeks of pay or something like that, and then a a week of pay for every year that they've been at Apple. So. I don't know, right or wrong, yes or no. Obviously, Apple seems to be trying to take care of people that are going to be disrupted by this, and they right. can either move and they get like a 7,000 stipend to move. I don't know if that's good enough or not anymore in today's environment. I haven't had to move for a job. Um, but interesting, nonetheless, that they're they're building up that Austin campus and they're bringing their whole Siri team together, and right. that's going to definitely disrupt uh, quite a few lives. So interesting. Any other, uh, I have one, but any, Carl, Beth, you guys have any more? Oh, I, <clears throat> when you said Tesla, I just remember like in the news that, you know, Elon wants more, I guess, voting control of Tesla to become leaders in AI and robotics. So he, he wants more power in Tesla, obviously. when he will After he sold it for to uh, buy yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, sorry, sorry, Elon. <laughs> you shouldn't have bought Twitter. We all think that. Um, or most of us, I guess. Uh, the real quick one for me is new study by Anthropic shows AI models can learn to deceive humans. Really interesting story. I would suggest if you're curious about that, yeah. uh, go check it out. But basically, this isn't anything to like sound the bell, sound the alarms. It was like, they said it's really hard to do, but it, but it in fact is possible um, to train an AI to deceive. And so the only thing this makes me think of is, you know, we're all excited about these open models and stuff like that, but there's going to have to be more oversight into this. You can't just take some open model, maybe going down the road and just dump it on your website, on your uh, computer, or even a business doing that, thinking that they have, 
you know, a, a, a healthy chat GPT, you know, four type version of it, only to find out they have something that's been deceptively deceived to cause chaos within that company, only because the company chose to have something they could have secure on their, on their home computer, or their, their computers, their, their, um, their servers, thinking that was the way to protect themselves only to find out that they used a model that was trained to deceive that. I don't know how quickly that can happen, but that's a big problem. <laughs> so some, it was an interesting article. Go check it out. It's by Anthropic. Um, that was pretty cool. All right. Any others? Yeah. We'll and that. that might be a show too, because it's uh, the fact that it comes from Anthropic is interesting. What, yes. One of the details in that was that um, explaining the consequences of deception that it was hurting people was uh, just made them more likely to keep the secret, <laughs> not mm. actually more likely to not hurt people. And Anthropic is uh, is the constitutional AI company, right? So everything's been trained based on this. I do not know based on this whether this is a constitutional AI trained model that then right is this and that's something that i think is worth investigating and none of the other models that we're talking about are constitutionally trained models so super relevant for the other things too yeah absolutely all right we'll wrap it up there um tomorrow like i said we're going to be talking about ai robots aka your car um friday we're talking about scams uh we should have a interview coming out either tomorrow or friday that we did earlier this week with amanda bickerstaff she is the um she is the ceo she started up a company called ai for education awesome interview amanda was amazing me and beth had time to hang out with her we will definitely be having her back again uh because we didn't nearly cover all the things go check out our other interview um we have two other interviews we have role ai and we also have an interview with um, Nicole Leffer, who is an AI expert when it comes to marketing. So th that's already live. So is the role one. And we'll have Amanda's coming out uh, this week. So go check those out as they come out as we uh, continue to expand on our um, daily AI show interview series, which is in addition to these shows as well. Okay, that's it. See you guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Wednesday. Ooh.